For failure to disclose her genetic modification status, we're seeking dishonorable dismissal and 20 years in a Federation penal colony. Coming up, Commander Una Chin Riley's career and very freedom are in jeopardy as she faces court-martial for lies made to the Federation. You have your playtime acting like one of them, accept your dismissal, take your licks, and go home. And Olafren takes her case, but will Pat's grudges that ended their friendship undermine Una's case? The eugenics wars. The Federation built a utopia in its wake. They became blinded by a centuries-old fear. La'an and the Federation come to terms with the sordid legacy of Khan. When did Christopher Pike first learn that you were an Illyrian? Stardate 1224.3. And a surprise turn of events puts Captain Pike in the crosshairs. All this and more. Coming up on the Strange New Worlds edition of Energize. Energize. See, this week's episode dealt with fear, discrimination, and the overreactions that can take place when people are hurt. Yeah, here's a warp speed recap of episode two of Strange New Worlds Ad Astra per Aspera. Commander Una Chin Riley has been formally charged with violating Starfleet regulations prohibiting permanent DNA modification. For failure to disclose her genetic modification status, we're seeking dishonorable dismissal and 20 years in a Federation penal colony. My client did not ask to be genetically modified. It is an Illyrian cultural practice done to children before they are even born. How do you plead, Commander? Not guilty. Did you ever suspect Una to be an Illyrian? No, I did not. Mr. Spock, if the defendant broke the law, would it follow that the only logical course of action is for her to be punished accordingly? Perhaps. When did Christopher Pike first learn that you were an Illyrian? Stardate 1224.3. For four months, the captain of the Enterprise engaged in a conspiracy to conceal the Illyrian Una Chin Riley. So, Steve, in this episode, uh, the the legacy of Khan Nguyen Singh is still present, and it is strong. Yeah, it's all over this episode. We get to see La'an again, which is great. But, you know, the eugenics wars had a huge impact on the Federation for years, and we're still dealing with it. And it's just so great to see how the... Uh, remnants of that are still a part of Starfleet today. Are they warranted, the laws that were created afterwards? Are they unwarranted? Are they too extreme? That's the question that's going on here, and that's the question of the whole episode. And they just set it up brilliantly. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just say right off the bat, I mean, I do understand it, because when something crazy like that happens, especially if you come off of a war that kills so many people um, you know, for mistakes, uh, that could have been avoided. Um, you would, the pendulum does swing to the extreme. And in this case, extreme caution. Right. We saw that after 2001, yeah. right? The Patriot Act and all of these laws that were created out of fear 
And then it just takes it to the extreme because it's based on fear and not based on reality. And we see the result of that in this episode. Right. And so then the question becomes, do we need to reexamine the very laws that we put in place? And so, yeah, you're right. That is that. Those are the themes of this particular episode. Starfleet would like to offer a deal. Plead guilty to knowingly submitting false information to Starfleet by failing to disclose your genetic modification status. And we'll accept dishonorable dismissal. It's a fair deal. So, uh, so we find Una, and she is with Captain Pike's girlfriend, Captain Patel, and um, she's being offered a plea deal. Right, and it's so plead guilty to knowingly submitting to false information to Starfleet about your genetic modification, and if you do, uh, we'll just give you a dishonorable discharge from Starfleet, and you won't serve any time. And your records will be sealed, so it'll just be like it never happened. Yeah, you could just be a citizen of the Federation, but you don't get to serve. That's a big deal for Una. Yeah, because, I mean, she clearly believes in Starfleet. She clearly wants to serve. She has served honorably. So I think that would be a hard pill to swallow to walk away from that. And we start to see throughout this episode, we really, and we'll talk about it later, you know, this is not two years in Starfleet. This is a quarter century that she's been around serving. That means something to her. And we find out later why it means so much. But for now, it, it's just, she's not going to, you know, that, that that's not an appealing plea deal to her, I think. No, it, it was clear that it was just like not something that she really wanted to do. Counselor Couture still can't see you today. I can wait. I told you, she's booked. I can wait. And so we uh, we we get to Pike, and he's going to find this attorney. Now, we, we saw in the beginning of last week's episode that there's this attorney that maybe could represent her but wasn't going to. Pike's going to go find her, and he's going to go to that system, to this Voltarian nebula, to find the attorney. And this is where the Illyrians are from. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's an old friend of Una's, but... Uh, even she refuses to see Pike. Yeah. Well, he gets there. I love this. He gets on the planet and he's got to wear this breather, right? Because the planet is set up for people who can handle the very weak, toxic atmosphere like an Illyrian could, but the human can't. And I really love this because it's a great scene to show, hey, people don't bend to us. Sometimes we have to bend to them. And I thought that that set that up very well. I, I loved seeing that he was basically choking throughout the entire time that he was there. Yeah. And so finally, you know, just as he's passing out, because he was going to wait it out, you know, Pike is stubborn. And uh, so Amira is her name. Uh, she finally, you know, sees Pike. And it's clear she has an attitude about Una and about Starfleet. Una needs your help. Starfleet Command found out that she's a Larian. It was only a matter of time before she was outed. Starfleet will never let an Illyrian serve, not openly. But that is not my problem, Mr. Pike. I, I'm still not clear what her attitude toward Una is, but I assume that it has to do with Starfleet at this point, because, you know, Starfleet obviously banned the Illyrians. So if Una's part of Starfleet, she's part of the problem. And that seems to be what's going on and, and why she won't take this case. But Pike just... Yeah, and so Mira has has a, a basically a told-you-so attitude. Well, she should have done right. I told her. Yeah, you know? I told her not to join. Exactly right. Yeah, so definitely there's some unexplained animosity uh, between the two. So we don't know yet 
the specifics of why so, um, so Mir is so reluctant and so angry at, we at do, Una. We don't, but Pike really appeals to her. He wins her over pretty instantly, which to me was kind of a... They had to do it because they only had 44 minutes to solve this issue. They're going to dismiss her. Everything she's strived for, her life's work, her entire career, everything that she's contributed. Dishonorable dismissal is getting off easy. But he wins her over. How did he do it? Uh, well... Pike talked about the fact uh, talked about the fact that you know taking this case would shed light on her less high profile cases dealing with you know involving Illyrians and the, the genetically modified because clearly Mira takes on these cases um, of, of of her people and so the assumption is he I guess he kind of baited her a little bit and say hey, listen you take this high profile case it will help your other cases and I think that was the bait that got her got her at least raised her eyebrow true it, it, it kind of was the what do we call it the johnny cochran effect like hey listen this could make you a star now the question is does she take it because of that or does she want something else out of it does she want to help her people we'll find that out but right away mira goes to see una in her you know captivity and there they yeah, are together. and there's tension there's oh, tension right off right dude, off the bat it's it's like serious tension. Mira. I had to say it for myself. I said this would happen. After 25 years, the first thing you say to me is I told you so. There's there's a story there. And I, I, again, I don't know what the director's doing or what they discuss as actors, but they don't just walk in a room and and seem pissed. I could feel the tension between the two. Oh, of them. definitely, definitely. And. I, I, this is what was really, really cool. I like the themes that were were being played played out that played out throughout this episode. But in this particular scene, I, I've, I've seen this before, and this is played out in in, in America in terms of um, in terms of race when it comes to white and black and every other minority. You've always had people who were mixed who could pass for yes white. Yep. And that has gone on since the slavery days. It's gone on with Latinos, a little bit of everybody. Every, every minority who has, uh, you know, mixed races, You there have been some that could pass. And though there have been people who've embraced who they are, there, there are some who, who couldn't hide it. There are some that could hide it and left everybody else behind. Yes. And that, that definitely caused resentment. And that appears to be what this is about between them. Una's an Illyrian who could hide her modifications. Yes, right, and some can't, which is interesting because Myra can hide it too in a way, if you want to call it hiding, but she still stands up for those who can't. And she looks at Una like, you left us. You went off and played Starfleet while the rest of us were being ridiculed and persecuted and shunned. And Yeah, you sold out. You sold out to the very... A federation that ridicules us. Yeah. And I, it's, God, it's such a, it's not only prescient for this time, but for all time to say, you know, who are you really? Because that's really the question here. It's not just, will Myra help or will Una get off? But who is Una? And I think we find that out in this episode because she has to ask herself this. And I mean, I thought it was great. It, it kept it from being a, a surface level resentment. It was actually something that was really deep and tangible for me. 
and, you know? And, and so, we get into it, too. I mean, they're, they're saying, listen, take this deal. It's the best you're going to get. And what does Una do? She refuses it. Absolutely. It's yep. time for me to stand up. You had your playtime acting like one of them. Accept your dismissal, take your licks, and go home. No. Why not? I know. I should have done better. I didn't stand up when I should have. I'm standing up now. Yep. And so Mira decides to take the case, which she says not for Una, but it's for all Illyrians who can't and won't hide who they are. Right. So immediately what we see here is two different agendas for the same cause. Persecution being fought on two different levels. Una's saying, I'm not going to hide anymore, right? And Mira's saying, no one should hide. And we're going to use Una's case as a platform to, to say that. So, damn, dude, it was so representative of, of you know, what we're seeing today. Yeah. And, uh, and there were two really good scenes between Captain Pike and uh, Captain Patel. And yeah. Captain, you know, Captain Patel is Pike's girlfriend yeah. or love well, interest. Yeah. And, yeah. Go ahead. Well, she was, you know, <laughs> until she arrested Una, and then who knows what's going on. Una rejected my deal. Good. You know how hard it was to get that deal approved? I called in every favor, and do you think that was easy? Because I can tell you it was not. Maybe you should have thought about that before arresting her. The, the, the next scene, they're together, they're in his quarters, and he's he's cutting, you know, carrots, and it's a very serious scene to the point where he chops this carrot and stops everything. It's almost aggressive. And she's just like, Jesus. And, you know, they they really have to confront Yeah, this. and the thing about me at this point, I don't trust Patel. I mean, she's she's working for the prosecution. So anytime she's with Pike, I think I'm just like, dude, she's probing you for information. Stay away, stay away from her. I didn't trust her. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah I didn't either at first, especially when they're sitting in whatever that was, the, crew mess. the bar, 10 forward, I don't know what it is. The, thank you. In the crew mess. And she's going from a friendly conversation to, okay, when did you first know about her? When did she tell you? Because what she's doing is she's grilling Pike and saying, listen, don't stand up for her. If you do, you'll get grilled on cross-examination and it'll ruin your career and hers. And now I'm starting to think, oh, you know what? Actually, Maybe she is the good guy. Yeah, I was coming down on her, and then then she made her point. And I was like, okay, she's basically telling him to stand down for his sake. You look awful. Does this have something to do with the fact that your name wasn't on the witness list for the defense? I know what you're going to say. Putting me on the witness stand is a terrible idea. Do you want to fight for your friend? And I can handle it. I think she is on Pike's side, but she's got to do her job. She's got to do her duty. That's listen. That's the whole thing with everybody. I have to. I'm torn between duty and you know the law and what's right. I'm torn between the law and and this is what we talked about in the beginning. This is the problem. Is is the law right? Does it matter anymore? Does it does it fit with what's going on? Or do we you know break the law? Like Spock did in episode one, season two. Should I stay in space dock or should I take this out there and go answer that distress call? What we're seeing here is a crew that really follows their gut and their heart to do the right thing. And they're showing that here. So the stakes really become high. So there's a, I guess, a pre-court martial hearing. And, um, you know, Captain Patel brings in this, this you know, high-ranking Vulcan. This helping her on the case. So I'm like, okay, automatically, I'm like, okay, damn. 
Admiral, in light of the defense's rejection of a plea bargain, we would like to petition the court to amend the charges against Lieutenant Commander Chin Riley. For failure to disclose her genetic modification status, we're seeking dishonorable dismissal and 20 years in a Federation penal colony. And so now, I mean, the, the gauntlet has been laid down. Now she's facing 20 years in prison at a penal colony and a dishonorable dismissal. So now we're at the tribunal. Um, we've seen this before a million times in Star Trek. There's always some kind of court case. This reminds me a little bit of Measure of a Man, uh, the co- the case to try to prove that Data was a sentient being worth living uh, when this guy came on board the Enterprise trying to deactivate him for whatever reason. And Picard had to, you know, defend him. But in this case, it has so many more touch points to what's really going on today. Um, Mira leads, uh, talking about everything that was once legal on Earth that now seems silly. Permanent genetic modification is illegal under Federation law. Discrimination against people for how they worshipped, how they loved, their gender, color of their skin, all legal at one time or another. A law does not make something just. It was such a brilliant way of pointing ourselves out without making it ridiculous or hitting us over the head with a hammer. I thought it was really beautiful. Yeah, and then that goes to what Star Trek does. Yeah. They always make things relevant to what is going on today. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I just thought it was a very smooth way of doing it, and it made it thought provoking. You know, it sure a did. Law doesn't make something just a law doesn't always make something just right and when you when you say hey this used to be legal i can't think of a better argument hey uh slavery used to be legal apartheid used to discrimination used to be women couldn't vote that was legal like oh my god you're right that used to be just okay yeah but that didn't make it just right Exactly. So she's like, listen, the Federation built a utopia blinded by their fear of the eugenics war. And this is what I love. This is what I love about Star Trek with Section 31 or whatever, even in uh, Star Trek Insurrection. It shows that the idea of the Federation is great, but they're not perfect. They screw up. They mess people up. And we need to point that out. Star Trek puts a mirror on themselves and says, hey, we're aspiring to be perfect, but we mess up. I I, I loved it. I, this episode was incredible. This was pure Gene Roddenberry. Yep. And and so, you know, Mirror's point was, you know, they were they were blinded by their fear of eugenics wars of the past. And 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 like you were saying, by doing so, they've become the very persecutors. Yes. And I just I just immediately was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of relevant to how we criticize, yeah. say, the Taliban or Orthodox Muslim countries as to how they treat women and, right. and how they are in human rights. Right. But then here in America, all of a sudden now we're doing the very same thing. Sure. I mean, I I mean, I don't want to get too political, but, you yeah. know, we're going on a path of freedom is not f- freedom anymore. It is you do what we say. And right. You can't teach a history book. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you Bur- can't govern book. your own body. Right. You know? I mean, we're headed there. Yeah. This is. And, and yeah. if this was a Star Trek episode, the Enterprise would be coming in to save us from ourselves. I guarantee you. Admiral, you have shown that you have been repeatedly willing to break the very first order of Starfleet and you are hailed as a hero. You can break the law if you so choose. <laughs> 
you know, Mira puts uh, Admiral April on the stand and just masterfully baited him. Yeah. But I, I don't know if this was great. And I'll tell you why. Because April was a not a hostile witness toward um, number one. He was a fan and she worked under him for years. And what Mira did was kind of an overreach. And I like that, too, because she wasn't just this pious, perfect person. She kind of overdid it with April and said, hey, you broke the law here and you broke the law here and you broke the law here. And he's like, well, I did. But because I did it because the law wasn't apropos to what I was trying to do with these people. I did what was right. And at the time, I'm thinking, God, she shredded this guy for no reason. She needed Yeah, but him. I got what she was doing. So I have, to, I have to disagree with you on that one because, yeah, yes, yes, she was shredding an ally. But the broader point was you skirted your own rules when you felt like it was necessary for the greater good. Well, even April said, listen, you just you just blew the opportunity for me to uh, express my gratitude and and. Um, appreciation for Una. You blew it. So yeah. I'm thinking, yep. oh God, but sing, did But the sing-along song wasn't going to work. Right, dude. Dude, you saw more than I did. I'm just thinking in that moment, what is she doing? She's blowing it because she's pissed at Starfleet. She was playing three-dimensional chess. I'm looking at it like checkers. I just didn't see what she was doing. I think you did. I didn't. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, because me, I, you know, going into a court case, I'm thinking, how does everybody you know, what is the normal way somebody yeah. would play this? Yeah. yeah. You know, and what would, you know, you know, if everybody knows that you're, you know, everybody knows that Una was an exemplary officer. So if you're going to put everybody on the stand to say that, yes, yes, you're that right. doesn't serve the purpose of yeah. undercutting why she lied or you're blah, right. blah, blah. You're right. I didn't see that. I was, you're right. And I, and she, like I said, Mira was playing 3D chess. I didn't see that. I was more wrapped up in, no, we need to show that she was not an alien, but she was an officer. And I think, you know, Mira crushed it. And I, I just didn't see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. But it was tough to watch. <laughs> I, I, it was hard for me. I was a very emotional episode. Counselor, are you familiar with Starfleet versus Wick? If evidence is procured through illegal means, it's inadmissible in court. Lieutenant, is there something you know that I should know? Just let me cover all the bases first. So uh, Mira sets up on the Enterprise and um, brings in Lon to investigate how Una was outed. Uh, here's the thing. I'm starting to think it's Mira, right? Because like, cause they're going down like it has to be somebody that knew her. It has to be somebody that maybe had access to her logs. They had to have intimate knowledge of herself and what she was doing and her history. And Laon's like, uh, well, um. The night I found out Una was Illyrian, I was, I was angry. I recorded a personal log. And you think that somebody got a hold of that personal log and that's how Una was exposed? Yes. Gosh, she saved us due to their modifications. And, and then I'm thinking, well, is it La'an? No, she'd never do that. And now I'm looking at like, well, the only person that knows her other than La'an 
is Mira. Was it the lawyer? <laughs> because she had, she might yeah, have had a stake no in that. Yeah, but there's no way she was She was the sector away, you know. Yeah, but she uh. might. Have, but but imagine what she would have gotten out of that outing, Una, and then having to quote unquote reluctantly go save her. That's what I was thinking. Hmm. Interesting theory. Interesting theory. Um, you know, in in the fact of bringing Law on in definitely brings in a different perspective because now we're talking about the episode Ghost of Illyria yep. from uh, season one of Strange New Worlds because that was when Laon found out. Yep. And she was pissed. And she says so. I was angry. Yep. yep. And she put it in yep. a personal log. Yep. Yep. And so that comes a little bit later on. She reveals that. But at first, at first she was just like, you know, we, he, she wanted to go to the personal logs. And, 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 and she went to Ahura. It was like, hey, let's get to the personal logs. I want you to do this off the books. And Ahura said no. I know. And she was like, nope. Una was my friend. She lied to me. Could it be that you carry your family's augmentations? And you believe that because of them, you may become dangerous. Yes, I do. It, a little bit later on, Laon admits that when she found out that Una was an Illyrian, she was angry and yeah. she recorded it in her personal log. So yeah. she felt like some, maybe someone stole that from yeah. her. So what was the and fear there? And I think Laud's anger was a fear of herself, you, to be honest. Of what? What kind of fear? A, a fear that that the, the con DNA that was floating in her might all of a sudden wake up and she might be out of control. I think there's always a quiet fear. Like she was next. Her. Yeah. Yeah, because of her name and and her genetic modification, basically, basically she's yeah. she's the granddaughter, or is she the granddaughter and great niece, whatever she is. Uh, no, we've never established who. Yeah, she's an know, ancestor. We just know that she yeah. bears the name. God, I'd love uh, to so see. So I'm a pretty thing. sure that at some point they'll explain that out. I would love to see them finding the Botany Bay out there somewhere in Strange New Worlds. I, oh my God, I would love that. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, but it uh, it all kind of comes together that that couldn't have been um, her personal laws because of the very thing that we talked about before, yeah. which is it takes an act of Congress to yes. get people's personal laws. Right. It's just this this is not the case, right? So we're not sure if somebody has exposed her. We don't know who it is, and it's now it's time for Una to take the stand. And and Myra has said, you know, we're going to go ahead and do this. She just does it kind of out of the blue and. Una goes to the stand and sits right there and, and is ready to, you know, speak and answer questions. How long have you been in Starfleet? 25 years. Would you call this career your life's goal? It's all I've ever wanted. And so she kind of lays it out. She talks about the, the, the discrimination she faced as a kid, all the persecution, how they had to hide. Yeah. And, um, you know, just all the things that made it very, very real as to what they, you know, what they had to go through. They even had to have separate towns. Yeah, they had but to move. But she didn't go to the separate town. She blended in. Right. And she, and, and it, this whole story is about survival from persecution. What we had to do to survive. I broke my leg. That's how the episode opens. She's got a broken leg and they can't take her to the hospital or doctor because she'll be outed as an Illyrian and that can't happen. And so... We get a real sense here from her testimony of 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 a childhood and a life spent running, scared, persecuted, terrified of being outed. And for anybody who has been 
targeted for whatever reason, they can acknowledge and, and understand and empathize with that. It was, I mean, dude, I was feeling it, feeling it when she was saying it. I was so wrapped up in it. In spite of all that she went through as a child, she recalls seeing a Starfleet crew when she was five with this diverse crew, and and she wanted to be a part of it. You know, she said, like, look at all these people from all these different planets. You know, I want to be a part of that. And that's what really spurred her interest in, in wanting to be a member of Starfleet. And the beauty the of ideal that, of it. Right. The beauty of that scene is while she's saying there were all these device, diverse people, rather, they're showing the crew with Mbenga and Erica and Spock and this wonderfully diverse crew of, of the Enterprise and Strange New Worlds. And I'm hearkening back to TOS and TNG. And and again, dude, this is pure Roddenberry. That whole scene was Gene Roddenberry come to life. And yep. I feel like Star Trek is finally back where it was supposed to be. And I, I think Strange New Worlds, I've said this before, it's my favorite series of everything I've ever seen. And they're just... I think they've made it even better. And then we get this amazing twist. What happens next? Well, it was actually Una who exposed herself. Who turned you into Starfleet? I remind you, you are under oath. I caution you against badgering your own witness. Who turned you in? Counselor! I did. I mean... <laughs> and you're like, why? But... Once she explains it, it makes perfect sense. She's like, I couldn't hide anymore. All of these people that I loved and served with, I was dishonoring them and I was dishonoring myself. I needed to put myself out there so I didn't reveal my true self, reveal my true self just like everybody else could. For those of you out there who have never had to struggle with identity or being persecuted for what you look like, you may not understand this, but... For those who have, it, there's no explanation is necessary. It's just a way of life, and it's just horrifying. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so basically, you know, this whole discussion basically forced Starfleet to live up to his own ideals. They put a mirror in front of Starfleet. Right, and so here we are feeling like, okay, Una's exposed herself. Mira's done a phenomenal job. Now I understand why she grilled April the way she did. And she surmises that sometimes you have to break a law to overcome the ridiculous, the ridiculousness of the law. She was seeking sanctuary because she had been persecuted and her only sanctuary was Starfleet. And I'm thinking, great, that's the end of the episode. We're done. Good. It worked. And that's not what happened. No. No, the Vulcan oh, Admiral steps in God. and cross-examines Una and wants to know when Pike first knew she was Illyrian. And I'm like, oh, crap, we can't let Pike off the hook because he did know. I will ask the commander directly. When did Christopher Pike first learn that you were an Illyrian? Stardate 1224.3. For four months... The captain of the Enterprise engaged in a conspiracy to conceal the Illyrian Una Chin Riley. But, but why bring him in? Why? And the reason is because he was losing. And he thought to himself, if I can't win this argument, I'll win another argument. I'll hurt, I'm here to hurt somebody. And so he exposes Pike 
and his knowing, and Una, under oath, has to tell the truth, which exposes Pike. And I'm thinking, God damn that guy. We just had a wonderful Gene Roddenberry <laughs> moment, and you're ruining it, you Vulcan prick. This dude sandbagged it. You sandbagged it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, but and I thought, Mira, what's going to happen here? Yeah, but Mira accounted for all of this, so she puts Patel on the stand. Oh, so you great. know, Captain Patel. Yeah, and uh, had her to read, had her to read the code regarding asylum. Right. And it says, if you feel like you're being persecuted. Uh, if, you know, all of the conditions, and here's the thing, I think like you said, Mira knew this from day one. She knew if she set it up where April commits crimes, or excuse me, breaks the law, and Una is uh, escaping persecution, then she goes right to the law, which is 214.67 in Starfleet's book, and it says... Any person seeking asylum shall be given comfort by a captain who can make their own decision. She gets everybody off the hook in one brilliant stroke. It was, I did not see that coming. We judge the defendant's specific case independently. We grant the defendant's request for asylum and find Una Chin Riley not guilty. Yep, yep. It was brilliant, captain's discretion. So she had covered all of her bases. So she was leading everyone in a yeah. direction and basically like i said before flipped everything and yeah. basically put the mirror to starfleet's face oh, so which good. you know kind of to me mirrors kind of the civil rights movie it wasn't until you saw all the happenings on tv that everybody was kind of like uh maybe this law isn't uh well right. i was cracked up to be i think it's kind of ridiculous why are we beating kids and hosing them in the streets and um and so this to me was kind of in that vein well, I think you're going to see that all the time. These draconian laws that are created in Florida and other places where they're saying no more books and no more this, no more that. They do that so they can say, well, you can't do it because it's the law. Well, wait a second. If the law doesn't make sense and you've done it out of fear or prejudice or small mindedness, then the law is stupid. And so therefore, why should we follow it? And that's when you have problems. And, and we saw that entire scenario play out in this one episode. But in a really subtle way, it didn't really slam us over the head. It told us the story of Una, but we could see ourselves in it. And I, I don't know. I'm just saying, man, I just think they're doing a phenomenal job. I, I can't say anything wrong about Strange New Worlds. I've tried and I can't. Yeah, it was a, it was a wonderful episode. And uh, so they, they vote, they let, um, Una go free. Yes. She returns to her crew. Everybody's yes, happy. They applaud, give yeah. an applause to Mira. Yeah. And, and she leaves. Um, yep. She beams out. I, I love that moment when, uh, you know, the bridge crew left. She said, everybody could get back yeah. to work. And then it's just her and Pike. Yeah. And Pike gives her this, this really meaningful hug. But then he quickly backs up and then hits her on the shoulder like one yep. of the guys. Yep, exactly. And that's who, that's their relationship. And his decision yeah. to hug her, you could even see the way he, he did it was, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, or fuck it, I'm going to do this. And, you know, the the friendships and the camaraderie here is is special. You can see it in the way they act with each other. I bet they're all tight like the Next Generation crew are too. Yeah, wonderful. So, you know, overall, just a, a really well-written episode. Without a doubt. I, I, have, I have nothing 
negative to, to say about the episode. I just thought it was good. It was relevant to what's going on. And I want to say, and, and I want to say, I want to say on the record, I think Ethan Peck is getting better as an actor. I'm just going to say that. I think he's getting better. I was hard on him first season. I think he's good. I'm, I'm warming up. All right. Well, this phenomenal, absolutely thought-provoking episode of Strange New Worlds was full of incredible moments. But there were definitely some that deserve recognition. Right. So I think this moment, this week for me, really came down to the closing summary when Mira brought it all together with that code in Starfleet book, in the Starfleet book, which said, look... I have set up this entire argument, which wasn't winning, but here in this code, your own code says that you can protect people that you have laws against. So who are you? Are you afraid of these people? Or are you going to protect them? And in the end, it was the protection. It was, you know, ruling that they should be given asylum to Una. I loved that moment. I, I really brought it home for me. I thought it was incredible. So my favorite moment was when Mira led. My favorite moment was when Mira did her opening statement, and she led in talking about all the things that were once legal on Earth, like slavery, apartheid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the point was just because. A, a, a law is made, it didn't make it just. It doesn't make it just. It's because a, a law is set does not make it just. And I, and I, I just thought that was poignant. I think that's something um, we could all all think about. It's food for thought. And I just thought that, that was really good. And I, it's something that really, really stuck with me. Just because it's law doesn't make it just. Right. And that was the theme of the arrest last season and the whole persecution in episode two. So I totally agree. Nice, nicely done. That concludes this episode of Energize a Strange New Worlds podcast. For more, go to our website, www.energizepodcasts.com to check out my book on Amazon, The Deletion. Search Steve Truitt or The Deletion. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper. Prosper.